Hey, what's up, guys? This is Pastor Austin from Good Shepherd Church, and this is our podcast. So happy you're tuning in this week to stay caught up on what the Lord's doing in us and through us. I hope this content encourages you. I hope it challenges you, builds up your love for Jesus. Hope you enjoy the message. We love you. This week, we're talking about carrying the name, carrying the name. So, so far, we've talked about how we are a gospel-obsessed family of kingdom people who see generosity as our response and joy as our default. This week, what we're going to talk about is how we are carriers of the name of Jesus. That's our, that's our thought for this morning. Um, and I want to bring you again to an Old Testament passage where we see this in the letter that Jeremiah is going to write to the exiles who have been removed from their promised land. That is still their promised land, but God has said, because of your wickedness and because of your rebellion, because you failed to do the things that I've asked you to do, you are not going to be exiled and Babylon is going to take over and you are going to be held captive in a different land until I bring you back home. So if you have your Bibles with you, go ahead and open up Jeremiah 29, whether you have your your iPhone or your regular Bible or just your eyeballs, you know what I'm saying? You can look up here at the screen. Jeremiah 29, starting in verse four, starting in verse four. Thus says the Lord of hosts. This is a a prophetic word given from Jeremiah to the exiles who are in captivity in Babylon. Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel to all the exiles whom I have sent into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon, build houses and live in them, plant gardens and eat their produce, take wives and have sons and daughters, take wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage that they may bear sons and daughters, multiply there and do not decrease. Seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile. I want you just to chew on that sentence one more time. Seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile and pray to the Lord on its behalf. For in its welfare, you will find welfare. For thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, do not let your prophets and your diviners who are among you deceive you and do not listen to the dreams that they dream. For it is a lie that they are prophesying to you in my name. I did not send them, declares the Lord. So what we have here in this moment is we have uh, the prophet Jeremiah urging the exiles who are in Babylon to do a couple things. He he says, seek the welfare of the city that you have been exiled into. Really, this, this word, it can be a prophetic encouragement to the church today. So this isn't just for way back when. We've, we've preached on this. We've talked about this being this kind of creative minority where we feel the cultural pressures caving in on us in this moment, where we feel like the, the place that we have called home for so many years, it is maybe starting to drift or it's starting to tilt away from some Christian values. And all of a sudden, even though, like, let's not pretend like we're facing persecution. Last time I checked, there's nobody getting thrown into a lion's den, nobody getting thrown into a furnace, Right. And so, yeah, like, I agree that it can be uncomfortable and it can be awkward, but let's not act like we're all the way there yet. Maybe it's coming, maybe it's not. But for today, the church finds itself in this culturally uncomfortable position, don't we? Where we get labeled all sorts of different kinds of things just for believing that Jesus is king. For what we just sang sounds ridiculous to some. And we're no longer this kind of center point, focal point in the culture that we're living in. And so we're, we're in a way, we are exiled We're we're living in this cultural minority moment here as Christians where where our values and the way we think and what we believe isn't necessarily represented in the world at large that we're calling home. And and Jeremiah's encouragement to these exiles is he says really three things pretty simply. He says, hey, be a good citizen there. Bless the city that you're living in. Seek out the interests of the city. Like be a part of the economy. The way that Tim Keller, when he's talking about this passage, what he says is, he says, don't relate to the city as a tourist. 
You're not just some passerby. You're not, we're not just with this escapist mentality waiting until heaven someday. He says, no, live there, be there, participate in the economy, build families there, move your home into the culture that you are living in. So that's the first encouragement that he gives. The second encouragement that he gives is to pray for the city. Did you see that? Pray for the city for in its welfare, you will have your welfare. And this isn't some kind of like, uh, like godly exchange that's happening where we're like, okay, if I take really good care of the city, then obviously it's gonna go really well for me. But what it's saying is like, pray for this city that you're living in. I hope you pray for the city of Loveland, Colorado, Berthoud, Windsor, wherever it is that you call home for yourself. Do you pray for the city? Do you pray for the city's welfare, that just the, that the infrastructure would go right, that the businesses would flourish, that the families would find good places to get healthy? We want to pray for the city's welfare because we care. You, you cannot pray for something without also increasing your care for that thing you're praying for. Do you feel that? Like if you're commanded and if you're giving yourself over in prayer to something, even if it's one of your greatest enemies, I guarantee you what the spirit of the Lord is going to do in that time is he's going to stir your heart and stir your affection toward that thing that you're praying for. It's impossible for it not to happen. So he says, don't just, don't just be a good contributor there. Pray for it. See the problems. See the things that are going on and pray. And the last thing he says is he says, basically, don't compromise your values. So this is, this is the urge all the more in the city and day and age that you and I are living in is that it's so easy to just kind of blend in with culture around us. And maybe you have a few kind of like untouchable behaviors, uh, you know, like, well, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to agree that that's okay. But I think it's a lot more seductive than we like to pretend that it is. Don't get caught in the consumerism of the day and age that we live in. Don't get caught in the distraction of the day and age that we're living in. Don't get caught in the over-sexualization of everything in the day and age that we're living in. Those things are way more easy to get pulled into into kind of culture's current. Amen? Yeah. He says, but don't, don't conform to that culture. You're a representative of a different culture. You're still going to be a representative of my values, of my kingdom while you're in exile. And that's the word for you and I today. Amen? That even though we're living in this city, we should, we should seek the welfare of the city. We should pray for the city, but we should also rep, be representatives of a different kingdom while we're living in the city that we're living in. We should carry the name of Jesus with us wherever we go, even if that's not what culture at large is agreeing with. Amen? All right, so quick story. I, uh, I recently started off on a new endeavor in life. Last week, I, I accepted the position of a fourth and fifth grade volunteer head basketball coach for my daughter's basketball team. Thank you, but don't do that. It's really not necessary. They called me. They're like, hey, we don't have a coach. And I was like, this Dana Redford, who's still doing it, if you know him, I, he's just, I'm just like, I don't know if you know this, but this is a dream come true for me, honestly. I accept this position. So I got the girls Tuesday, Thursday night. We had our first game last Saturday. And uh, let me just tell you what, like I... I'm just going to be honest with you for just a second, okay? Growing up playing men's basketball, growing up playing high school basketball, having some like looks at college basketball, but never really loving the work that much to play college basketball, you know what I'm saying? Or really the skill, if I'm honest. But I've always loved basketball. I've always kind of looked down at women's basketball. I'm just being honest, okay? You can't, you can't condemn me right now. I'm being, this is my moment, okay? And until... You know, I get this like group of 10 fourth and fifth graders in front of me in that practice. And I know I got 50 minutes. I've got my practice nailed down to the minute, folks, to the minute. Like I know we're doing 10 minutes of this, four minutes of that, three minutes of that, drink break here. I'm, I'm not even kidding. I'm just, I'm intense, right? And, and in the game, our first game last weekend, man, I, 
five-minute substitutions, so five-minute rotations. I have a couple of these girls. They've never played basketball before, and, and they are just basically like dragging their tongues up and down the floor because they're so exhausted. And I'm looking them in the face, and I'm, I'm just like, I'm intense. I, you can only imagine the energy that I have up here that's kind of like nervous and anxious and rushed, right? I promise all of it's there as well. You know what I mean? I'm loud. My hands are doing all the things they're doing in here, okay? I've got some parents chirping at me from the other side because we decided to go full court press with the last 10 minutes to go. I'm like, hey, we might be down 10 points, but we're gonna win this game. You know what I mean? And I'm like, I turn and look at the girls because we, we can do full court press with 10 minutes left in the game. And I turn and look at them with 11 minutes to go. And I'm like, listen, starting in one minute, we can guard full court press if you guys would like. And Lucy, this little girl, she's just like, she's savage. She's amazing. She'll steal any ball from anywhere. She doesn't even care. She's like, does that mean, that means we can take the ball wherever it is on the floor? And I look at her, I'm like, that's exactly what it means, Lucy. <laughs> I, like, I kid you not. And I'm like, well, you're gonna have to work twice as hard. Otherwise they're gonna score double the points if we don't work hard. So we get out there, we claw all the way back to four points. They still win. I was so proud of the girls. It was amazing. Katie leans over to me at the end of the game. She kind of puts her arm around me. She goes, maybe not the best time to wear your church merch shirts. <laughs> I was like, I was like, ouch, but, uh, but okay. <laughs> I can see where you got off there, right? I'm not doing anything rude. And if you're like, if you're an opposing parent at some point, like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Like, I'm just, I am who I am authentically in every space that I am in my life. You know what I mean? And so I'm not rude, but I'm, I'm loud. And so that it was, it was, it's so much fun. But I, I say that because I think we feel the weight. This is, a, this is a silly example, but there's a real weight for us when we say that we are carrying the name of Jesus wherever we go, right? And I think, there, I think there's a few different areas where we feel like we're carrying that weight. If, we say, if I say to you, man, you are a representative of God, an ambassador for another kingdom, that weight falls on us in a few different places. I think the first place that it falls on us is internally, Right? When King David can write in the Psalms and he says, my, my bones felt brittle because I couldn't bear to hold my sin in any longer. All right, so like the reality is, is if you are hiding secret sin in your life, if you are masquerading as one person while you're at church and then the Monday through Saturday, you look completely different, I would guarantee you that you feel the weight of that conviction so often in your life, right? I mean, James kind of elaborates for us in this. James says it in James. James is, he's just kind of rude a few times, honestly, in his book. But if we can go to James chapter one, I skipped over in some of my slides, but if we can go to James chapter one, he says, be doers of the word and not only hearers. So James is revealing to us that there's really a couple kinds of faith. There's a faith that's dead, that's incapable of saving us, that has this big proclamation of who Jesus is, but really no action to back it up. It says, be doers of the word, not hearers only. Don't deceive yourself. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. He looks at himself and then he goes away and at once forget what he's like, for he gets what he's like. And I, I have to believe that in a room like this, there are some of you that are in here today and you're feeling the weight of carrying the name of Jesus in you because internally you recognize that you're living a duplicitous life. And I just, the reason I bring that up this morning is because I wanna offer a pathway to freedom today. You need to get around some trusted brothers and sisters. I'm not saying everybody needs to know your garbage, but get around some people who trust you, who love you, who care about you. And if you wanna be free, then you confess your sins one to another, James 5, 16 says, and then you will be healed for the prayers of a righteous person are powerful and effective. Like, listen, if, if you wanna be forgiven, confess that to God. 
all day. Confess it to God all day. God is faithful and he is just to forgive you. But my guess is that there are some people in this room and, and you proclaim to be a Christian, yet you're living in a completely different way. And I'm saying, if you wanna feel freedom from the angst and from the turmoil that you're feeling in your soul, what you need to do is you need to get around some trusted brothers and sisters and you need to confess because that will bring you freedom. That's how you'll experience love. That's how you'll experience joy. That's how you'll experience actual acceptance. Right, because the enemy would love to just keep fighting you in the dark. But if you wanna expose that and bring it into the light, that's when you can get some power over it, brothers and sisters, I promise you. And you're sitting here thinking like, man, well, if I did that, my whole world might come to the, crumble to the ground. And I would just say to you, that it's a fake world you're living in anyways. That's not your world. That's some fake fairy tale land that you've made up. And I, I don't say that to condemn anybody, but to offer a moment here where the Holy Spirit can give you just the conviction to turn to somebody that you love, turn to somebody that you trust and say, this is what I'm battling. This is the thing that I keep giving myself over to. This is what I'm struggling with, but I don't wanna be some double-minded man looking at myself in the mirror, saying I'm one thing and forgetting who I am the next minute. And I want that freedom for you all. The second place that I think we feel the weight of representing Christ, and I, I certainly feel it this way, is I feel the weight of representing like this church. I'm talking about Good Shepherd Church. I feel the weight of representing this church well wherever I go. And I hope that's not just me because I'm the pastor. I hope you all feel that to some extent. Like there is a responsibility that I have when I slap on that Good Shepherd Church hoodie, that Good Shepherd Church t-shirt, and I go out. I mean, gosh, there are people in this room that I can see right now that I've invited to church because I've had that shirt on. You know what I'm saying? And they're like, are you affiliated with that church? And I'm like, well, uh, yeah, kinda, you know. <laughs> They're all right. It's always the same conversation. They're like, is that a Lutheran church? Is that a Catholic church? I'm just, and I'm like, no, no, I know Good Shepherd. It sounds kind of Lutheran. It sounds kind of Catholic. It's just like, I don't know how else to say it. Like I've, I've struggled with it, but I'm just like, it's a regular church, right? Like G, it's a Jesus. We love Jesus. You know what I'm saying? Like that, we are, we are a regular church, you know, not Lutheran, not Catholic, we're just normal. I don't know. That's a slight to Lutherans and Catholics. But what I'm, I'm just saying like, people see it. You know what I mean? And like, I'm, I hope, I hope that we're gonna, we're gonna have some merch that comes out. If you wanna get people ask, can I get a shirt? We're gonna have some that comes out here in the next couple of weeks and you can buy a shirt, give it to somebody for Christmas. But I hope, I hope that wherever you go, you feel like you're representing your church well. I'll tell you how many times I'm caught in the line at Loveland Coffee. And if you're a barista at Loveland Coffee and you're here, uh, I'm sorry for this joke, but it's real. Um, you know, when they hand, like I just get a black coffee when I go in there and they hand me the empty cup because I'm gonna go fill it myself. And they're like, thank you. Um, I was just gonna ask a couple questions for you, right? You all know what I'm saying, right? And I'm like, oh, no tip, but I'm like, wait a sec, Good Shepherd Church. It's right here on my chest. You know, I'll just pop in a tip real quick. And, and that's, again, it's a sillier example, but I hope that you know that your coworkers, your family, your brothers, your sisters, the people who you're about to spend Thanksgiving dinner with, they know you go to church here. There's a lot of things that have happened and gone sideways in churches around our town and things like that. And I, I can hear all of that. But what I'm mostly concerned about is how you as a member, as a participant here at this church, do you carry yourself well when you go out there? Do you carry the name of Good Shepherd Church well? Are you prepared for meetings when you show up at work? Because your coworkers know where you go to church. Am I right? Do, do you participate in the gossip at the Thanksgiving table? Or you say, no, I'm a representative of a different place because they know you go to this church. Do you see what I'm saying? There's a, there's a weightiness to that for sure, but there's, isn't there also a tremendous opportunity 
like, man, for so many people, I've been so encouraged. You're like, man, I've just, I've found a place that I just love. And I found a place where I feel like I can call it home. Amazing. Go share that with people. Tell that to a neighbor, tell that to a friend, invite them in because we're hopefully going to treat every single person that walks in the store the exact same way. We, we, are, we are a church that believes in the spirit of God. We love the word of God. We are here to encounter him every weekend, not just be entertained. We have these values that we're going through so that we can put the language in us as a people here at Good Shepherd Church so that when we go out into our community, we can represent this place well, amen? So the first place is internally in your own heart. The second place is this church. I think we also feel the weight of carrying the name just for the church in general, the global church. How many of you know there's so much church hurt that's happening in the world that we're living in today. I mean, you can't help but have a conversation with somebody, anybody in our, in our, like, that's moving to our town right now. And you just go, man, what's been your experience like with the church? And so many people, I will acknowledge this firsthand, so many people have had an awful experience at a church. And so I got to remember, I'm, I'm not just representing my church. I'm representing the church in any moment that I have with somebody across the table from me. Like, I, you can think of it this way. With your actions, with your words, with your behavior, you are either building a bridge or building a barrier to heaven for somebody. Right? You can either be the person who perpetuates church hurt to somebody by continuing to be a flaky person, by continuing to be a hypocritical Christian, and you just are perpetuating whatever church hurt is that they have. Because, guess, I mean, we're all subject to church hurt because all churches are ran by people. Yeah, right? So, uh, yours truly included, all right? So we're not gonna do this perfectly. And I hope we don't hurt anybody. But man, there's people even sitting in the seats right now. I know your story. You're coming from a church and like, and it hurt you. They let you down. They, they failed to show up in a big way. And I'm, I'm sorry that happened. But just know that each of us carries the name Christian. Christian, which originally in its original language was used as like a little Christ. This, this little person who looks like Jesus. And, and man, that's something we're all a part of. So especially, I just felt this in my spirit this morning as I was praying up early for this service for you guys, man, especially in this election season. I hope that you are more well known for representing Christ than you are for representing any political party. Amen. If I was to go to your Facebook feed right now, if, I were, if, the, if we were just to sit down and have all the conversations you were having right now across the table, across coffee with somebody else, would I, would I know more about your faith or know more about your politics by what you're talking about right now? Listen, that can be convicting for us but I'm reminding you, I'm pointing you again towards the opportunity that we have, not to point somebody towards a worldly system that's bound to fail no matter what, but to a different kingdom. We all have the opportunity to represent a different king. When we're in those conversations, when we're caught in the midst of that, that, that you know, you're in that conversation sometimes where it's starting to go sideways because it's going into a topic you don't want to talk about. And if you can either just, maybe, maybe the right opportunity for some of you because you like to talk, is to just choose silence in a moment. And that's the best representation of Jesus you can sometimes. Maybe it's to not participate in what's been being said, but to, but to choose what needs to be heard instead. See, we all, we, we all are representatives of a different kingdom. I, I love the way that Paul writes it in Colossians. In Colossians, we, we, we see this charge that it says, uh, render your work heartily as unto the Lord and not unto man. So he's, he, Paul is reminding us and urging us and in saying that like, hey, no matter who you punch a clock for, no matter who signs the back of your paycheck, all of our work is rendered up to God, not to man. And that is what we bear as Christians. 
as Christians, right? So I don't care if you're, if you're flipping burgers at McDonald's. I don't care if you're CEO of some company in this room. All, every single one of us, we're not working for the person that signs our checks, even if it's your, yourself, if you're the CEO, way to go. You know, way to, that's awesome to be you. But you're also accountable to the Lord primarily. And here's, here's what I was struck with this week as I was preparing this message. How many things in my life has God done halfway towards me? Nothing, nothing. He's given me the full amount of grace that I've needed. He's given me everything that I needed in his son. He gives me all of his Holy Spirit, not part of his Holy Spirit. Like he, he doesn't halfway do anything. So neither should I halfway do anything wherever I am in the world, right? Like all of our work, we should be bringing all of our full self into every situation, our preparedness. We should bring our efficiency, our effectiveness. We should bring a thoughtfulness and a care and a concern and a sense of excellence into every space that we bring ourselves. I skipped this passage, but, but when, when Jeremiah is encouraging the exiles, we see from Daniel later on, he says, Daniel distinguished himself with the spirit of excellence. So the way that Daniel at 16 years old is able to rise up into this place and influence while the culture around him is just nowhere near his value system, Daniel's still able to surface up as this leader because he distinguished himself with excellent qualities, with a spirit of excellence. Do you bring that with you into whatever space you're in? Listen, I'm, okay, you don't like your boss. You don't love your coworkers. This thing's going sideways. This thing's going wrong. You don't love how this family member always does that. Can you rise above those circumstances to be a representative of a different kingdom, to be full of integrity, full of character, continue doing things the right way? Man, if you're gonna build trust, what Pastor Brady says, he's gonna be with us in a couple weeks. Pastor Brady Boyd says, if you're gonna build trust with somebody, you gotta do the right thing the right way for a long time. It's the only way to build trust. The right thing in the right way for a long, long time. Are you somebody who has this spirit of excellence that you're gonna be able to build trusting relationships with people around you by just consistently doing what's right, even if your boss isn't looking, even if your boss doesn't back you up in a moment? Man, we all have this reality. So we, we represent Christ. We carry the name of Jesus with us in our own hearts for our church, for the church, the, the global church, the body of Christ. But we also represent the very name of Jesus himself. And Paul says it this way in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, if you have your Bible, go ahead and open to it because I want you to see it. 2 Corinthians 5, 16. He's talking about the heading of this passage of scripture is called the ministry of reconciliation. The ministry of reconciliation does not just belong to a pastor. It doesn't just belong to churches. It belongs to Christians everywhere. So all of us are participants in the ministry of reconciliation. He says, from now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh, we regard him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. What's Paul saying here? He's saying, hey, don't, don't get the track record all confused. Yeah, you've, you've done some things. I'm not, we're not going to regard anything according to the flesh. This person's a new creation. If you are in Christ, the Bible calls you new and not new as in you've never existed before, but as in remade, restored, redeemed, brought back to your original intent in Christ. So you have been brought back. You're a new creation. It says the old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All of this is from God who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. 
That is in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, bringing back, restoring the relationship that was meant to happen. He was bringing the world back into relationship with himself, not counting their trespasses against them. So Christ is not, if you are in Christ, if you've made the decision to follow him, he is not looking at your past. He's not counting your trespasses against you right now. He's looking at you as if you were new, brand new. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. I, I love the word ambassadors. We think of an ambassador who, maybe an ambassador for the United States is living down in Haiti right now. And what their mission is, is to immerse themselves into that culture there, to belong there, but to be an accurate representation of the culture where they came from. That is you and me. That wherever you are stationed or placed in life right now, you are an ambassador for Christ, meant to represent a different kingdom while you're living maybe as an exile in a foreign land. Like this, hey, this world that you're living in right now, it's not your forever home. It's not how you're gonna be spending the rest of eternity, but it's our job right now to be representing heaven wherever we're at right now. We are ambassadors. I, I, the ambassadorship language is great. Maybe you're a little younger. I think of this as like a brand ambassador on Instagram or something. That's a real thing, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I've got a younger person nodding at me right now. It's great. I always thought it'd be cool to be a brand ambassador. You just wear some of their, they give you clothes. They're like, hey, will you just wear these and take a picture of yourself? And I'm like, man, sure, free clothes. Cool, right? But man, what happened? We just saw it with Nike, with Nike and Kyrie Irving. As soon as you no longer represent the values that are listed by your brand, what happens with Nike? They, they break relationship with Kyrie Irving because he has these crazy things that he's involved with, which look uh, anti-Jewish. And so they've saying, no, we're, we're cutting ties with you. You are no longer going to be representing our brand. How, how many of you are grateful that you have, you have flat out failed to represent Christ well in a few situations? And, and he is not canceling you. He is not, he's not saying no more. He's not revoking this call for your life. You are still his ambassador because it is, in, it is in your weakness that he's made strong. Taylor brought this up in the huddle and we'll kind of end with this point today. He brought this up in the prayer huddle this morning with our volunteers before service, that there is a distinct difference between conviction and condemnation. And as we were praying on that, I'm so glad he brought it up because uh, conviction, we, we receive it always as maybe this bad thing. We're like, oh my gosh, I'm feeling convicted. No, praise God you're feeling convicted. It's because the Father's calling you into life. Conviction's a good thing. Condemnation is a bad thing. Condemnation is what, it makes you feel trapped in what you're doing. Condemnation says, yeah, you're a sinner and you're always going to be. Yeah, you're stuck in this behavior and you're never gonna get rid of it. Conviction says, hey, there's this behavior that's wrong. Both start with this feeling of guilt. The difference between the two is grace. And so if we're gonna be ambassadors for Christ, what we have to be ambassadors for is grace. And I'm not giving anybody in this room a license to go on caring about the behavior that you are representing if you're not representing it well. What I'm saying is embrace that conviction this morning, knowing that it is God's grace that is gonna lead you to life. His grace is gonna empower you. His grace is gonna sustain you. His grace giving you something you don't deserve is what's gonna be something you have to carry into the world around you because you're surrounded by a bunch of people that don't deserve to be saved. You know how I know that? Because you and I weren't meant to be saved. We didn't deserve it. That's what makes it grace. And so it is by grace alone that you and I are saved. Amen? And it is by grace that we can come to communion now, that we can come to the table of the Lord. Um, and we can, here, thank you, babe. We can receive communion together knowing that 
hey, you know why I get to be a carrier of the name of Jesus? It's not because of my perfection. It's not because uh, of all the things that I've just done perfectly well in my life. It's because God has graciously poured out his body and his blood for my salvation. And so if you have communion, go ahead and grab it. If you don't have it, just pop your hand up in the air and we'll have somebody get it to you quickly. I want to invite anybody here this morning. Communion, communion is a sacred sacrament, which means that we believe the presence of God is in this moment right now. We're not just remembering something that happened a long time ago. We're actually actively participating in his presence right now. I'm going, God, would you meet us here? And so for some of you, you haven't made the decision yet to follow Christ. And I just want to lovingly tell you this moment's not yet for you, but it could be today. If you want to give your life over to Jesus as your Lord and Savior. If you want to acknowledge that, no, I've failed to be perfect. I've completely missed the mark in so many ways. But today I want to be made new. I don't want to be counted according to my trespasses. I want to be a new creation in him. If that's you and you want to talk, I'd love, our our prayer team will be down front. I'll be right here. We'd love to chat with you at the end of the service. But for all of us who have made that decision, if you could take your communion, let's open the bread together. We just pray, Jesus, we thank you so much for your sacrifice. We recognize our responsibility to be a representative of you. We recognize the uh, authority you've deputized us with to be your ambassador, a representative of another kingdom. And God, we come to that in communion today, knowing that we have consistently fallen short. We also come with an eager expectation that your grace is going to meet us here and that you're going to stir up in us today by the power of your spirit, a way for us to step into that responsibility all the more by grace that we are saved. It's not of our own doing, so nobody can boast. We receive your body today thinking about that, Jesus. God, we know that the blood is the representation of that new covenant. God, we know that it is the it is now sealed that we belong in a grace covenant with you saving moment for all of us is the moment where we in faith confess that we have fallen short and that Jesus is Lord and that we depend on him and him alone for salvation. And church, that doesn't end with just one moment of prayer, does it? It's this consistent reminder that it's not just by grace that we're saved, but it's by grace that we're sustained. So Lord, help us be the people that we are called to be in this world. Help us be the people filled with courage and boldness that we can confess our sins, that we can wear your brand, we can be your representative well in this world, in this culture that we're living in. We're gonna need your grace day by day, Jesus, we love you. So we receive your grace together this morning. Church, would would you stand? knew preparing this message that it would maybe just feel a little heavy today, but I want us to just now, if we could, extend our hands like this. Just put, us, put ourselves in a posture of receiving this morning. So we can just cry out, even just on your own for just a moment. Would you just kind of confess your own desperate need for the Lord? Let's just take a second and align our hearts with what God has said.
we trust that when we confess our need for you, you are faithful to meet us in that moment. And so God, I pray that right now as there are a bunch of eager hearts that are humble and contrite in spirit, God, that you wouldn't leave us where we're feeling, but that you would fill us now with your Holy Spirit. That we wouldn't just uh, march out of here today. God, would we be sent out of here today by the power of your blood, by the power of your spirit? Would we know that we don't have to, we don't have to regard any of the former things. We are a new creation. We belong to you. Jesus, I pray that, that the seal of your Holy Spirit would fall down on this place right now and that people would receive you in a deeper way. They would trust you for boldness and for courage to represent you well. That you'd grant us patience if we're in need of patience. That you'd grant us joy if we're in need of joy. God, whatever it is that we're in need of, you have it. You're not sparing. You're not holding back from us. So Jesus, I pray that right now you would fill us up to the brim and that our cup would run over in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, can we read this value slide together real quick? We are ambassadors of another kingdom, representatives of Christ himself, carriers of the image and the glory of God. What we do will either build a barrier or a bridge to heaven. God has never given a half effort, and so we will bring our full heart, attention, and care as we strive for excellence. From punctuality to smiles, the way we clean to the way we organize, we want to plan, execute, and follow up with a spirit of excellence. We aren't perfect. God is. He deserves our best, so we will refuse to do things halfway. In grace, we long to do the best that we can that we, <laughs> that we have because he is worthy of our all. Amen, church? Amen. Amen.